This is the Websites.ca podcast, where we help Canadian small businesses build and maintain an effective website and online presence. Hello, everybody. It's Sean Corbett again, Websites.ca Marketing. Kind of a special episode for you today. We have our first ever returning guest. Uh, It's actually from our most popular past episode. So we're going to welcome back on the show, Daniel Moscovich. He's the owner of More Hot Leads. And uh, what we really want to do today is just have a nice sort of high-level discussion on mastering search engine results for your business. Um, Daniel, I I want to hit the ground running with a two-part question. So here goes. Yeah, so here goes question one. Is there anything right now in the SEO game that worked, say, one to two years ago that you would, you know, just kind of lost its juice and you wouldn't recommend people doing anymore? And then the follow-up question to that is, you know, if you if you could pick one specific SEO strategy or asset to focus on right now, today, super effective, what would it be? Okay, so first of all, it's great to be a return uh, guest here on the show, and I'm excited to dive in. Um, for your first question, one thing that has worked well in the past that is not working as well these days would be adding keywords to a Google My Business, or now it's called a Google Business Profile um, title, uh, the name. We used to do this, you know, it's some somewhat of a, uh, um, it was somewhat of a cheat code a few years ago. We did it because we knew it worked. We would add some keywords to to our clients' Uh, Google business profile names, and we would see pretty great and quick results. Nowadays, it seems like Google has um, taken away that factor, uh, or it has less juice than it did a few years ago. Uh, so there are definitely some new ranking factors that it looks like are are happening. And then in terms of um, your second question, the one thing that all businesses should focus on is strategizing how to structure their website and building content around that strategy. Uh, because it all starts with the website structure and the better you structure your website, the less backlinks and the less off-page stuff that you have to get uh, as well. Not to say that you don't need that at all, I'm just saying you're gonna need less in the long run. So let me give you an example of what I'm talking about here when it comes to website structure. You wanna make sure that you have your homepage that is geared towards either uh, your brand or your general main topic. And then you wanna have sub pages beneath your homepage that are gonna be your top level service pages or category pages, depending if you're an e-commerce or a service provider. and then you're gonna have support pages below that. So if you are a service provider, let's say um, you know, you're doing roofing, uh, you know, roofing would be your top level service, provide, uh, service page and a support page beneath that would be flat roofing, tin roofing, um, you know, uh, roofing tiles, um, hot roofing, et cetera. Uh, so the types of roofing would be those sub support pages. And if you're an e-com store, you know, let's say you're selling ice cream, you could have ice cream as the top level category, and then you can have different flavors of ice cream, you can have ice cream cones, and you can have different types of ice cream cones as a supporting pages. Um, you can have yogurt and then different types of yogurt, et cetera. So you want to make sure that you really plan out 
how and map out how you're going to structure the website and create content within those, I like to call them topic clusters. So every topic that you're discussing, if it's if you offer more than roofing services, let's say you do roofing, you do flooring, you do plumbing, you do contracting, you do remodeling, et cetera. So you want to make sure that each of those topics has a group of pages around that main service or category or product uh, as well. And then once you have that content, you want to make sure you write blog posts about that topic too and send links to each of those pages within that topic cluster. So that's what we're doing right now with a lot of our client sites. Um, we're focusing mostly on content writing on their sites. And then once those pages are, are live, then we're promoting them with um, certain backlinks like Google My Business or Google Business Profile posts, press releases, social media shares, some guest posts as well. But we're finding we need a lot less of that if we are structuring the content properly from the beginnings, as I mentioned. So when you have, say, uh, you, know, you know, like you said, vanilla ice cream, right? That's a little child page of a parent topic, ice cream. And then you might write a blog post about the process of making vanilla ice cream. And when it says vanilla ice cream, it's going to link back to that main page. So when you go offsite and do the articles and stuff, like you said, are those also linking back to the vanilla ice cream page? Or are they linking to the blog post? So as long as you, as long as your internal linking is right, um, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. We do both. I want to make sure that oh. the vanilla ice. We want to make sure that the vanilla ice cream page gets gets links. The ice cream page looks get links, and the blog post gets links. Okay. When we're doing our linking for those blog posts, we're definitely sharing the blog posts in the press releases and the GMB posts. But we're also making sure that we get some links built to each of those main pages as well. So as like I said, as long as you have your internal links in the right way where the blog posts are pointing to the vanilla ice cream page and also the ice cream page. Maybe the vanilla ice cream page is also pointing to the blog post about vanilla ice cream as well. Uh, then um, your link juice is flowing where you need it to be. So it doesn't really matter where you point those links. All three of them would, would help. Um, it is important to make sure that, you know, most of the pages you want to promote do have some form of links. And again, those links can be free links where you're just doing like social bookmarks. It can be, you know, a post on social media, that's still a link. Um, it can be, you know, a press release, which, you know, there are tools to use for that as well. And then it could be paid links and you know, guest posts and, and things like that. So when you're setting up a new page, you better make sure that it doesn't exist in a vacuum outside your site. There better be, it better be part of the web in some way, shape or form. Exactly what we do. I mean, yeah, we, yeah, we want yeah. to make sure that we, the, our, our process, the way we do it is we, you know, dive into their existing site, what content do they already have, what services do they provide, what mm -hmm. pages are they missing, what do competitors have. We take that, all that information and we kind of make a mind map, or a visual site map, we call it, and we plan out how we're going to structure the site. Then we determine what pages are going to be the most priority pages, and we'll focus on those first, and then you know, create pages as we go along in our SEO cycle with a client. Um, we typically like to create all of the pages within one topical stack first uh, before moving on to a next one. Um, however, we're going to make sure that we create all those top level pages first because you want to make sure you have all the top level pages done and then you worry about the, the bottom level pages on one topic then moving on to the next topic and so that's, on and so on. 
That's interesting because in theory, then obviously in practice, you'd probably want to add more copy, but in theory, you could take someone's site and not, and ha- not have them add any more content, which so many businesses struggle with, but just restructure the existing content along the lines of what you said, and then go around and do the linking and be organized with it. And that could be a nice, easy win for a, an existing website. Oh, that, that's a dream. <laughs> that's a dream yeah. of that. You know, right? yeah. uh, yeah. To have all that content already created and just have yeah. to with an internal linking. Um, that doesn't happen that often. A lot of times when we're doing audits of sites, I mean, it depends how established the business is, but a lot of the times we're doing audits of sites. I I think the biggest mistake we see a lot of the time is that people just have like one service page and it's like their service page. These are all the services we provide, but they don't have individual service pages per service. And they definitely don't have those sub service pages that I was mentioning as well. So the, the, um, you know, the types of services, um, so I'm very out of date on this topic. So you'll have to bring me up to speed and forgive me here. When I think of, so I, I when, when I was into SEO years ago, the idea was like, you don't want um, duplicate content too much. And so when you're talking about organizing them, I'll just call it sort of parent child kind of, kind of organization. Yeah, so, yeah. So if you have like plumbing services, right, then it's emergency plumbing, this kind of plumbing, that kind of plumbing, whatever it is, you're saying that your parent page is, is not just going to be a branch. The parent page is actually going to have content on it that might sound similar-ish to the specific yeah. pages? Uh, it, it, absolutely. Uh, our view on duplicate content on, on the same site mm-hmm. is try to make it as unique as possible, but we've gotten away and gotten results with using basically the same content on these pages. Um, and just you know, uh, changing a few things up. Yeah. Uh, my understanding from the duplicate content is it, they don't want you plagiarizing other people's content. If yeah. it's your own site, as long as it stands out as a unique page to Google. So the way that we do that is, you know, you want to make sure that your title tag is unique, your H1 tag is unique. Maybe you have a couple paragraphs that are unique to that page, so that it has a um, different purpose than the other page, uh, we're finding that that works. Same thing goes for location pages. So I mentioned, um, you know, sub-service pages. We're doing the same thing on our client sites, but with location pages. So we focus on one main location that they want to go after, and we create sub-pages, which are neighborhood pages. So we basically clone the home page, um, which is typically our main location page, and then we create neighborhood pages for each of those neighborhoods they want to target as well. And the only That's thing we're changing out is we're just switching the city with the neighborhood. And we're adding right. a or two about the neighborhood, things to do in the neighborhood and things like that. So this is a terrible example on my end because I wasn't prepared. But I mean, you, you could have, you know, big city name, main contact page. And then secondary page, Chinatown, secondary page, Little Italy. Well, I mean, obviously neighborhoods have more specific names than that, but that's all I can come up with on the top of my head. Is that basically what you would do? That's exactly what we do. Yeah. Oh, so we, okay. we make sure that the, the main the main city page links down to the neighborhood pages, the link, neighborhood pages link to each other, the ones that they're, uh, that they're close to and link up to the main city page. So it's basically kind of, kind of creating another topic cluster there, but of the location. Mm-hmm. Um, it just adds some more relevance in Google's eyes that they do serve that area, they serve that city, and they also serve these specific areas. We've seen 
greater results um, in expanding our maps ranking reach when we do create these pages because Google then says, okay, they actually do service this area, even though it's 25 minute drive away from the location, they do service clients in this area. Would you embed a Google map on each of those sub each of those area sub pages as well? Exactly. So what we do on the main city page, we embed the Google map of the client's business, the yeah. Google My Business, so the Google business profile now, uh, and as well as a Google map of the city. And then on the sub pages, we'll do the same thing, but instead of the city, we will do the, the Google map of that area. So interesting. Okay. We also, uh, we also link to a few Google map pages of things to do in that area. And when we get that information, we actually get it from Google. So I'll do a Google search of like a specific neighborhood in a city and Google will tell me here are the things to do in that neighborhood. Uh, if you go into Google Maps or like attractions, you know, I go, go, go to that tab. I find the things that Google is telling me that are relevant because it thinks it's relevant. So I'm taking the information that Google is giving us right. and I'm putting it on the page and say, hey, if you want to go to this area, check out this restaurant or this park, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it doesn't look that good, to the, but it works. You know, so we always put that content um, at the bottom of a page. Yeah. And typically, what we're doing right now is we're also hiding that content in an accordion, so it doesn't show to the average user. Oh, okay, right. So, like a little, yeah, toggle. If you're in this neighborhood and you're thinking, if you're having ice cream at this famous ice cream shop and you're thinking about getting plumbing here, blah blah blah. Okay, that's um, so. From a website building point of view, because of course websites.ca always approaches things like that. Uh, I'm just thinking, how does this affect the user experience? Because your menu, your website menu sounds like it's getting huge. Are these actually on the main? Are these displayed in the main menu? All these sub pages? Are they basically going to be hidden? Well, it depends on how your menu is. If you have the, uh, you know, sub menu items, yeah. but typically we just focus on the the top level pages on the menu. Got it. Series locations it depends on how many locations but we're also not going to link to the neighborhood pages on the on the menu it would just be the main cities so um you know winnipeg where i am right now is kind of a bad example because it's really one main area there's not many other uh, metro areas around but if you're talking about vancouver or something like that you might have a locations tab on the menu and it says vancouver burnaby richmond surrey coquitlam etc yeah. And so the listeners have to understand that there's different customer journeys, depending on how users come into the website. So when we're talking about these uh, sub location pages or sub service pages that, I mean, that's going to help with SEO, like you said, but somebody might actually search something where they come into that, let's call it a hidden sub page through a Google search. And now they're in the ecosystem of the website and they're clicking around, but sometimes a website owner is thinking, Always, the website owner often just thinks, well, someone will first come to my homepage, right? Then they'll go here, then they'll go here. But you're setting up all of these different entry points and customer journeys. Would you say that's accurate? I would say that's exactly accurate. And, uh, you know, for the location stuff, um, typically we don't, I don't think there's much search volume for someone looking for the service plus the neighborhood, but every so often there are. And we rank those pages as well because no one's really going after those words. They're going after the service plus the main city. Nice. So you get traffic to those pages. But we're doing it also for the Google Maps rankings, like I told you at the beginning. Yeah. Um, you know, we used to use the shortcut, which was just putting keywords in the name, and it worked really well. Uh, and now Google is kind of taking away that shortcut. And so we need to do give it a lot more signals. And some of the signals are exactly what I mentioned, just having those pages on a site 
um, showing Google your, your service areas, matching that to the Google business listing as well. Right. Yeah, so creating an asset of all of these um, obvious, uh, in, the, in the case of locations, obvious neighborhood signals. And, it, and this is like a cluster of different signals that are showing Google, yes, this is the right area. So that's really, that's really interesting. Um, you know, you can even get uh, a step further into it. Uh, some of the day, some things right now that are that are going through the SEO community are giving uh, Google signals through um, driving directions. So if people are actually requesting directions to the business from a different area, especially an area that's mentioned on your site, um, and driving to the location, it's showing Google that people are willing to, uh, you know, use that business from a neighborhood that's not in its proximity. Uh, so those signals are also really powerful. Interesting. And then of course, if you're writing out driving directions, you can sneak in major landmarks and stuff in the instructions. Exactly. <laughs> this is quite a rabbit hole. A copywriter could go down. I like it. Um, so you obviously, this is your, this is your business. This is your specialty. So you're doing lots of testing and you're on the ground seeing what works and what doesn't for clients. But I wonder for the for the listeners who can't devote, you know, obviously that much time and effort into it, could you recommend a few resources that they could read or follow to keep up on Google algorithm changes? Keep up on Google algorithm changes. I honestly wouldn't recommend anything, to be honest. Um, I feel like that is a rabbit hole that it's just not worth going down. I mean, there you have your main providers like Search Engine Journal or Search Engine Land, and I, I feel like they're always thinking that the sky is falling. Um, <laughs> yes. So I don't, I, I'm not really part of that SEO community. Uh, I don't even know when there are algorithm changes, to be honest. It's just not part of my, um, I don't know. It's not part of my, my daily worries. Uh, we've never really seen a huge drop. We just keep on doing things that seem to be working for us. And, you know, I keep my head down and, and continue to get results. You know, I think if we saw some huge um, drops in traffic, then I would be more concerned about that. I would say the one place that I actually found a lot of value recently is this guy named William Jones. He has a program called Rank Fortress. Uh, I've been part of it for a few years now. He's just, um, you know, salt of the earth guy and no bs he'll he'll say you know he'll say what he means he'll t- tell you what he thinks and uh it's it's it seems like what he's doing has been working for him and so a lot of these tactics that i've been talking about today with location pages and things like that uh, i've gotten from him interesting so is that just something that you read or you, do you participate in mastermind groups with other seo guys and you guys sort of compare notes calls if, if you want to take part of that otherwise everything's just pre-recorded on the, the kind of like an online uh, program interesting it's funny that you mentioned that about trying or not following what the algorithm articles say because um a couple of years ago we were getting bombarded with stuff about uh, page load time and mm-hmm. i did a bunch of experiments with local web businesses and it didn't matter at all uh, no. but of course as soon as you as soon as you like run an e-commerce business that's international selling t-shirts for sure uh, you know a quarter of a second load time makes a difference in, in sales it, and it occurred to me and again maybe you can shed some light on this that a lot of the articles that are on the internet that are easy for us to click and read are not written for small businesses they're they're written for 
you know, really rarefied niche stuff. Like I said, like crazy e-commerce stuff and the, the local small business owner doesn't really have to worry about that type of thing. Oh, hundred percent. I, I, I agree. I, for most of the, the clients that we work with, these small business owners, service based businesses, you know, the maximum amount of pages they're going to have on the site, maybe 50, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not dealing with 50 million pages, if you're dealing with 50 million pages, then, then there are things that you need to, to worry about, like indexing issues, because Google is taking a lot longer to index pages. And if you have 50 million pages, that's a really big deal. But if you have 50 pages, less of a big deal, right? So um, I would agree. Um, I would say that business owners shouldn't, you know, spend too much time reading up about this stuff because the thing is most people write content just for the sake of writing content or because they have something to say or they, you know, they need, have a blog that they need to keep up with and stuff. They're just looking for topics to write. Mm-hmm. Some of the times it's it's good content. Most of the time it's just they're just trying to get something out there into the ecosystem. <laughs> and and I, wouldn't, sure, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't take, uh, you know, too much um, insight into that. It's clickbait. What I would suggest people do instead is to hire more hot leads. Uh, and if they want to do that, Daniel, what would be the best way that they can get in touch with you? Yeah, they can uh, reach me at daniel at morehotleads.com okay. or go to morehotleads.com and fill out a uh, application form to work with us. And I would be back in touch. Uh, definitely mention that you heard heard me on the on the podcast. So I'll get uh, back to you as soon as I can. That's awesome. And, and it's obviously not just SEO. You guys do, you're, you're clearly talking about helping with building websites, reorganizing websites, pay-per-click, right? Let me know if I, if I left anything off there. And email marketing as well. Beautiful. Okay. Daniel, I, I really appreciate you coming on again. And I feel like every time you come on, I learn a ton of stuff. So selfishly, I'm going to just keep having you back on every couple of months because it keeps me very sharp. So thank you. Looking forward to the next one. If you're not satisfied with your current website or the service you get from your provider, you can switch to websites.ca for free and get a great support team behind you. Just visit business.websites.ca. That's B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S dot websites.ca or email Ryan directly at R-Y-A-N at websites.ca. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next time.